This episode of Dying Alone Together is brought to you exclusively by Satisfyer. classic 80s song which is um hungry like the wolf <laughs> I, I do not know what is happening but i have talked to other people about it and they feel the same way my libido is out of fucking control oh no i know what's happening it's enlighten me I, well just i mean I, because it is happening to everyone and i've thought about it for myself as well it's just being pent up for a year and life is short and having a new lease on I don't know. I think my relationship with myself sexually and modesty, all of it had like a full revamp after spending that much time alone. And I'm trying to, you know, celebrate and fuck as much as possible now. So I had obviously my sex life was significantly reduced. I did have like hookup buddies like pod. Oh, yeah. During during during. So I wasn't completely like I'm not it's not like. I haven't had sex in a year and a half. Like, let's go. Like, it, there was regular. Like, that was happening. And and um, um, I, of course, kept in contact with people who were not in my pod and or who left the city through, <laughs> as we've talked about it before, my increased comfortability with FaceTime adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, so that all happened. So for me, it's not like... That's why it confuses me. Because it's not so much about... I don't know... I don't, maybe it is new lease on life or, cause I feel that way creatively as well. Like I have so much stuff and I feel like things are happening and we have events coming and there's just stuff. Everything feels like it's like happening again. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's it, but I have just felt very much in my power sexually. And I am literally just like, all right, you now, you yeah now, you now, you well, I mean, that tomorrow. tracks because like, that wasn't available to us for so long. Like, like picking new people. I, you know, mm-hmm. I also was hooking up with my friends and stuff. Uh, during shutdown, my pod. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I The opportunity to go out to a bar and say hello to a person and learn their name and then, you know, hang out and get cute or whatever. That's that we were deprived of that for a while for good reason. But like, I don't know. I think it only tracks that we're all horny as fuck right now. It really like. And, it, and it's not really only just like the, the increase of sexual activity, mm-hmm. but, but like it, it is literally like. I wake up horny, horny right. all day. I'm horny, like have sex with somebody, they leave horny again. Like I just horny yeah. all the time. I, well, there's, I have a, I guess there's a recipe for that in my head right now too, is that I, uh, during shutdown especially, would kind of, you know, relax and smoke a joint whenever mm. I wanted to. And I swear sativa, I'm sure it's specific strains sometimes, were pretty, um, what's the word? Like a, like, 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 uh, oysters and stuff. What is aphrodisiac? Yes. Yes. I don't know if I'm right or if that's bad science or whatever, but I, I was convinced because it was consistent every time that I smoked this one strain, I was like, Oh, time to, you know, have some fun. But, um, I don't know. Other than that, the other thing that comes up from this too, is I just recently had my, uh, STI screening and the week before it, there was some like an Instagram post circulating about how because lockdown has been lifted in most places and we're all very excited and sleeping with people right. left and right pretty much um, that the the other STIs are going to skyrocket of course. Or, or yeah that you know STIs in general would skyrocket well, because well, first of that. off it's going to raise because last year it was nothing well, right because no compared, so like 
comparatively, of course it is. Well, yeah, compared to last year, but even maybe compared to years before that, whenever there weren't as uh, any restrictions. Um, And that, uh, I don't know, it did something to me to where for the week before my um, checkup, uh, and then until I got my results back, I didn't want to hook up with anyone just because I was like, oh, okay, this Mm. is right. Like, let me exercise some caution because this information's out there that the numbers will go up because of this and it's expected. And I, it, I, it put me in a cautionary kind of a mode. And then of course, even though I have, you know, (laughs) I have uh, more notches are in the belt, I guess. Like I hooked up a lot before I had that decision. My STI screening was, was totally negative. And that always, isn't that how it always goes though? That whenever I expect to have something, it's negative. And then whenever I'm la 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 routine, oh, it's gonorrhea. Like that's kind of how it goes. This is the name of my next DP. La la la, it's gonorrhea. <laughs> <laughs> that's, an, that's a hit song. Yeah. <laughs> la la la, it's gonorrhea. La la la. But I, that's just how it always goes though, I swear. I think so. I, I agree. I agree. It's never when it's expected, which goes to show you that like you can't know. You don't know. You don't. There's no way to tell until you get regular. And just it's just about getting regularly tested. Exactly. And you have something taking care of it. Um, Yeah. Unfortunately, that means. So I have my screening on Monday. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, everything will go great. I haven't knocked. I'm now jinxing myself, but I have not had a situation in years. I mean, I jinxed myself by like staying off of sex for a week for some reason. I was like very. But and then I didn't. I didn't end up jinxing it. But uh, if I do. I mean, this has been a very active period. The, the, I mean, I may need a service to help me send enough messages out to people. <laughs> like, okay, well, that's how I felt too. I was like, open the book. To, I was like, let me help myself by, like, you know, um, <laughs> let me flatten the curve a little bit and just not go out for like a week or whatever. <laughs> Uh, I love it how you, you part one, JJ Bozeman personally not hooking up for the week is flattening the curve on STI infection. <laughs> oh no, that doesn't, okay, yeah, yeah, that sounds ridiculous. What I mean is that I said like, oh, maybe later to like one or two people. <laughs> That's all that I meant. That's it's not funny. like, yeah, that is true. That paints a very specific picture that I don't know if I live up to, yeah. but yes, I feel that. Oh. <laughs> All it means is that I said maybe la- I said maybe later to like two people. No, that's what I meant. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, I so I, I was saying this to somebody, actually one of the the Boston boys I met in P Town. I was talking about how like we were talking about, like the, a lot of them were in couples. There were a couple single people. You know, we were talking about, and I gave them sort of my brief relationship history minus the police stuff, and <laughs> said, you know, like well, right now, honestly, like I am. I am looking for a relationship that I would I would hope to be the last one and like the significant one that lasts me a good chunk of the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I am looking for that. I don't feel any um I don't feel any pressure to find it in ways that I used to feel very like oh my god my the clock is ticking. You know, I don't feel that at all. Mm-hmm. Um I don't but I said I've lately had this mantra of if I really look back at the periods of my life where I have felt the most powerful, yeah. it has been while I was single, yeah. where I felt most myself, most in my power, most sexy, like, and I've just made this rule that I will not enter into any relationship that doesn't, in which I do not continue to feel that way. Yeah. And so I wonder also, like, like with my extraordinarily high libido, even for me, um... I don't know what that next relationship like. Will I? 
Will I have the desire to just be with one person? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That's fine. I mean, like everyone contemplates what the future looks like, but it's like you can't write the story before it happens. The rest is still unwritten. Yes. Thank you, Natasha. <laughs> um, but it's, I, I think about this all the time. Not all the time, but it's crossed my mind recently as well that like, I think I was having a conversation with someone recently and the way that they put it was, you know, I don't even know if the traditional setup for a relationship is, is what I want at all. And we talked about how golden girling it would be kind of ideal. Like I, a lot of people have talked about that. Definitely. I've heard I've been involved in this conversation. Yeah, exactly. And it's just kind of, I don't know. I think there's a lot to be said about like the heteronormative idea maybe of, of like a a partnership. Isn't a golden girl when you get pissed on and drag? (laughs) (laughs) Oh no! I just came up with that right now. That was good. good. I'm having a sip of beer. <laughs> I believe it. I um yeah. I don't know, but I, I like challenging societal expectations, like most queer people do. But uh, I think about that for myself as well. Like maybe because what you said earlier was interesting to me that I don't want to relieve myself of any power. Mm-mm. But then that voice in the back of my head says, you know, a partnership involves compromise. So what does that mean? Compromise? Well, compromise. For what? <laughs> For a man? Do you remember that? Yes. Yes. That yes. I, I actually, I think I'm totally on Eartha Kitt's page there. No, I agree. I agree. Well, it's like Whoopi Goldberg says she doesn't want to get married because she doesn't want anyone in her house. I love that, and I agree sometimes, but also I'll wake up one day and have the appetite for a partner. Whoopi Goldberg also shaves her eyebrows. There's there's a lot. I trust it. It's pretty signature. I don't know. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she, she's, she's an odd duck. Um, love it. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting to think about, because I part of me also, because on the flip side of that, interacting on Tinder or on Scruff or Grinder lately, there is this just wave. I feel like I only get a single person every four swipes. Okay. It it is majority open poly. Oh. On wow. these apps now. Yeah. It's yeah, just yeah. majority open poly now. And it's like I I'm finding. I don't know, maybe it depends where you are. Mm-hmm. But it's like part of me like I, I feel like this like um uh, prude or 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 traditionalist side of me inside me that that I didn't know existed just gets frustrated and it's just like can't you just fuck your fucking boyfriends like where's my like I want my I don't want to be someone's tertiary like I'm looking for yeah my person I just I didn't know it has nothing to do with them but I just get I get frustrated when it's just like where are the fucking single people that I'm mm-hmm. interested in because mm-hmm. because it always happens I never see it until it's like oh he's really handsome oh this is so funny uh, he's a partner yeah I don't want this. That's how it goes, too. That's just like we were saying about, like, it's always the opposite of what you expect or kind of hope for, I guess. Like, if they're cool, then yeah. someone else has already recognized that and exactly. boot them up or whatever. And I wonder, with with more and more people being comfortable not being no. in a relationship or being in one that's fairly, like, you know, open or, or, or you know, porous, shall we say? <laughs> porous? Uh, porous. Okay. We'll <laughs> take it. Shall we say? Um, uh I just it, it, it almost makes me feel like the the amount of people because because I've got to it almost feels like I have to hit like a bullseye right oh. like I've got to find somebody whom is deeply sexually adventurous and high libido mm-hmm. but doesn't only care about sex has uh, is interesting and successful in their own right and ambitious and driven um, um, has their own life you know, that they do their own stuff and are fine, you know, if I go away and do 
things like this, like the podcast and yeah. this and that. Um, doesn't have any like masculine or feminine hangups. Mm-hmm. Uh, is a mostly a top. Has a dick that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Lives somewhat near me. Like I just feel like that's like, a pretty specific thing. There's more and more things that are, and like, maybe that's just age. As you get older, you, you know just you you're you're you're, you're you just hone in closer on like this is the exact thing that I think will make me happy, but it, 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 now and, and I don't want I don't think at least for the I don't want to start a relationship on the poly tip, like that's something I would talk about later. It's like okay we're comfortable we're safe we would like to have some fun adventures what what does that look like for me for me not judgment about anybody else I want to enter more kind of like traditional like it's the two of us for a little while getting to know each other setting that foundation. You know, and then maybe later we'll talk about once that is set. And I just don't think most people want that anymore. Yeah, I mean, I've had a cookie crumble where I was kind of not out of the gate, but early on for sure was like monogamy is not um, it's not my interest or maybe I I am more curious about not being monogamous with relationships. And it Mm -hmm. just wasn't really what my appetite was for whenever I was talking to this person. And that kind of was a, you know, a deal breaker a little bit. And it, it. I wondered, would I, you know, not that I would want to change that I was speaking my truth in the moment, but if you're kind of strategic with a relationship and you do make sure you focus on each other and understand each other before you open things, like if there is like a, you know, if there's a perfect storm, like a strategy to make it work. But, um, you know, I don't know. I think everyone's different. Like the, the, the fact that the same advice will screw someone over that will also be amazing for someone else's relationship. Right. That to me is enough for me to kind of like let go of trying to write the story. So I, you know, if I meet someone and they want to be monogamous and for whatever reason, I feel that impulse too, that'll happen. And I I don't want to shy away from that possibility either, but you know, I, I think just speaking your truth in the moment. And right now I'm, the other thing is that I'm, I'm in my mid twenties and I don't, I think I'm just too curious about who, everybody is that I don't want to. Right. I don't know. Does that make sense? Or does that sound weird? No, it's absolutely right. And and, and for me, it's, it's, it's the same, but also the inverse because I, I maybe foolishly spent all of my twenties and all of my, most of my thirties in monogamous long-term relationships that maybe now is my like, well, this is, this is what I should have been doing at, you know, 24 through, you know, 29. Like maybe I'm doing that now. But that sounds um, exciting, though. I don't know. It is, but... It just means everyone's got something to learn, because me doing this now, you know, who knows if that will prepare me for for a shift later on, you know? Like, if I decide to change up the game and stop doing whatever I'm doing, Yeah. are you prepared? I don't know. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yeah. I I I worry that because of a string of failed relationships that have jaded me (laughs) and an insatiable sexual appetite i worry that like those two things combined means that like there is i always have this vision of just like well at some point the like the right person like the person whom and i don't believe in like the one but like there are several ones but like at some point it'll be someone who's like I'm deeply sexually interested in you. I am deeply interested in you. I care about you. I can fall in love with you. And like, like all things sort of just fall away because it's like, oh, this is the magic combination I was looking for. Mm-hmm. But I become, I'm, I'm, I, I stay up at night sometimes thinking about this, that like, I don't know if with the baggage that I have, if like, I'll, 
I'll trust it when it arrives. Oh, and man. I'll let it happen. Yeah, I that, worry about that. I one so I don't know. Background on me, I think a lot of my your parents definitely have an influence on your commitment abilities. Yep. Sorry, yeah, just to to point out like the psychology. I guess maybe everyone might know that already or not, but. Uh, my parents are still together, and I think that does inform a bit of what my um, my relationship to my own kind of impulses and appetite for a relationship. I think uh, are definitely informed, and I don't know. I, I I put a lot of I put some time into deconstructing that, and um, I I I don't see my parents necessarily as my role models for <laughs> romance. Not because they're failing at it or something; like they're doing great. But it just just because they're doing great doesn't mean that I'm playing the same game. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, they met and grew up in a different time and a different culture. Exactly. And it's all very yeah. good. Yeah. Whereas my parents are also still together. Uh, my mom likes to regularly remind all of her children that had she the option to do this all over again, she would not have done any of it. Mm. Um, so that's difficult. And, uh, yeah, no, they're definitely not. They've stayed together, but they're not the model. Mm-hmm. And and I don't think we should. I think we're coming to a point in society where we're stopping sort of idolizing. Like we're happy to see people stay together, but we don't in we do not necessarily tie that to like the supreme form of happiness. Right. Right. You know, there's probably there are probably people who have had a string of successful but short term relationships who are way happier than than two people who stuck it out for 75 years. You know what? And I, I think I talked about this on the podcast once before, but I learned to romanticize brevity with people because I had a hard time. Is that with- why you come so quickly? <laughs> <laughs> shade I um no it's because I was taking a breakup hard and I was I just I was annoyed with myself with how long I was uh you know in the dumps about it mm-hmm. and I mean that's always what it is I'm very impatient to feel fine mm-hmm. so I'd kick my own butt whenever I'm not doing great um working on it but I um I don't know I I was thinking about it I'm like you know what the relationship was beautiful and then it ended, which is why you feel bad right now. But that brief time that was really lovely, you still kind of get that glimmer of hope whenever you think about it and you remember how great it felt in time. And you don't want to not have that. You don't resent the fact that this happened. That's actually how I feel about um, the, sh- the the relationships in the last two years that have come close but haven't hit it. And mm-hmm. it's where where I thought it was going to and, and it didn't from from coming from them yeah i have learned to shift i mean i feel a bit salty and not great about some of them but like in general i look at them as sort of like oh you know back to my original point like oh no no you can feel that way again yeah this one just didn't happen the way that that you expected but it at least showed you like you felt mm-hmm. you felt those feels yes. that you feel at the beginning of of your other relationships so that's so cool it, it happens And it will happen again. It's just stars have to align a bit more. Totally. And just be, you know, available to it. Like, I think sometimes I'm, you know, you could kind of suffocate something if you're looking too hard for it. Or you can kind of, the baggage might have a voice in your head that kind of scares you from the potential of something. But being available to potential, I think, is kind of a, it, it benefits from knowing that voice or knowing where that voice comes from that is kind of scaring you. And, um, you know, paying attention to how to support yourself through that. Well, you know what? I don't know where that voice is coming from and it is scaring me. So we're going to take a break to figure out where that voice is coming from and rejoin you right after this. Ah. 
JJ, have you ever had a sexual encounter with someone who was not physically in the room with you? I mean, is it the 21st century? I, I think it's the 21st century, yeah. though I'm always kind of confused with that about like, okay, it's 2021. Yes, it is the 21st century. Exactly. Yes, mm-hmm. so it's the 21st century. yes, so of course there are plenty of devices that allow you to give and receive pleasure, mm-hmm. um, sexual wellness devices, in fact, that uh, you can share with a partner uh, even when you're away from each other. What? No way. Is that something you would like to procure for yourself in order to enhance your sexual encounters? I think everyone could gain something from that. Yes. And do you know anybody who sells sexual wellness products that uh, that connect to an app that allow for such adventures? You know what? Now that you mention it, Satisfier can Satisfier. connect you today. Satisfier, who is the exclusive sponsor of this podcast, who we love. Yes. You need to go to their website, www.satisfier.com. S-A-T-I-S-F. Y-E-R.com is where you will find all sorts of app-enabled products that you can connect through the secure Bluetooth technology, strong bond, strong bond? Strong bond. Yes, I, I, I enjoy strong bonds, deep vibes, and uh, good times. <laughs> and you can have all of those with these Satisfired products uh, by going to Satisfier.com. And I think there is a discount code uh, for listeners, do you know what that is, JJ? Could it possibly be DAT30? DAT, dying alone together, DAT30 at checkout for 30% off. There it is. That isn't too shy. 30% off is a good discount. I mean, you're welcome, guys. Yes. And so, ladies, and anyone else? All. Uh, 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 guys, gals, nems, and everything on the spectrum. Ken get a Satisfier wellness product that they will enjoy. That's right. If you're looking for sexual wellness, you know exactly where to go. That's SatisfierWithAY.com. So we are going to take a a break from swiping this week. I think it's time. I think it's nice to to take little pauses and do do different things. So and you can let us know on Instagram if you if you like this or not, if this is a segment you want to do. But uh, a podcast we are actually just talking about on the break how a lot of this podcast is me emulating other podcasts that I really like. I mean, smart. And one of them is uh, the Nikki Glaser podcast that I really love because I love Nikki Glaser stand-up comic. She is so already funny. a star, but she's going to blow up even bigger than she already is, I promise. Mm-hmm. She just hosted the MTV Movie Awards. I just know her from her roasts. Well, that's she's how most people know phenomenal. Her. She's phenomenal. Um, anyway, so on her podcast, uh, once a week, she does it daily. <laughs> wow. Holy shit. And once, once a week, she does something called um, Best Worst, and the producer picks like a topic like it's best worst food you've ever had best worst you know vacation and everyone her and her co-host and other give their best and their worst of what other topic is so we're going to do just a, a special edition of best worst in honor of nikki glazer and andrew collins her co-host who i personally love them both um we're gonna do best worst talk up mm-hmm. um do you want to start <laughs> <laughs> um i mean so i we were talking about this uh before we hit record and i it's hard to nail down a little bit exactly what the best is sometimes. Or what yeah, the worst that's is, the one that's hard. Worst is easy. Uh, yeah, and you is. know what? You're right. I did, I did, I'll, I'll talk about my worst uh, now because okay. it just was a standout for the fact that his bed sheets didn't smell washed. Mm-hmm. Like, why did you invite me over? Why? I mean, you don't expect a hookup to have freshly washed their bed sheets before Not, you get over there. I don't care about freshly for me, you know, but I like, I no, it just smelled like sweat. Like it was like, mm. it was all, it was beyond like discernibly fine. It was like, whoa, okay. And I stayed and got off because he had a bomb coke can penis. But anyway, I just. What is it with you and fine? I'm like, 
I need to use you like a, a divining rod to like find these coconuts. Well, I, that might just be my verbiage for like a nice one, probably. But he had a great dick. Um, and it, yeah, whatever. It was it was girthy and fun. But that was girthy and fun. Name the next piece. It wasn't enough to save the experience though, because my takeaway was like, oh my god, his his like I laid down on his his comforter mm. and it, it smelled like body odor immediately. See, smells are a big thing for me because some people really oh, fetishize yeah, smells, which is great for you. I, I, you like you do not need to be deodorized. You do not need to be cologne. But God, like cologne, a little dabble do you? Yeah. Like, people really go overboard with that. Um, and I'll say it. Like if I'm in an elevator and someone's fragrance is literally assaulting me, I will like make a face and be like less, Ugh. less. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's stinging my eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but <laughs> it. it I am, I am like, I'm okay with the, I have not deodorized, but I'm like just out of the shower or like, you know, T minus three hours from my last shower. Mm-hmm. I am not the like, like if you have literally been out and about stewing in your own filth all day, walking yeah. around the city, like you need to, I need you to freshen up. I don't want a, a daily sort of accumulative smell. And I am a hundred percent definitely not the like ripe pits or the um um i just worked out and i like now i'm like sweaty and stinky and like i'm not that i i it it is doesn't matter how hot you are i get one whiff of like an a bo odor and like i can't get it right i can't be turned on yeah but so i mean and as far as like ranking worst of course there are other experiences where i didn't have chemistry with people and it was just kind of clunky or whatever Um, I think this is kind of the same thing as that almost like it just was a lack Mm. of chemistry, but I don't know. Part of me is just like, isn't there, isn't this obvious to you that this should not be this way sort of, or maybe he wasn't like we, it was a, a neighborhood hookup. Mm -hmm. So like we, you, you know, you could have like invited me over the next day or something. I don't know what his schedule's like, but like, I don't know. You could curate that experience a little bit because we were neighbors chatting on an app for a couple days, you know, I don't know. I just... That was a pet peeve of mine, I guess. Or maybe it still is. So one of I have I have I have a, a, a long line of of just terrible hookups. I have many, many great ones too. So I'll just pick one and save some for, for later. Yeah. Cause there's some that were like where I felt like in danger. Oh yes. Like, this I, isn't, yeah, honestly, this I steered away like from this. that. Yeah. Um but the one that just because it was so weird that sticks out to me, and this is I will always remember this. I put it actually in one of my screenplays as like a, a thing that happens to a character because I will never forget this. So it's college, it's summer. I'm staying in like a how like a house off campus. It's just my apartment for the summer. And I invite this guy over. And we're making out. And he's very, like, um, face-touchy. Like, while we kiss, while we whatever, it's just a lot of, like, running his fingertips over my face while we kiss and touch the face and all that. And I, like, you know, caresses and, you know, that kind of stuff. But it felt felt like a lot. And so, like, I'm starting to feel like, what is this? Like, this just feels weird. So then, you know, we're making out, whatever. And then I, like, either, like, go to, like, run... Like brush hair out of my face or like do something and I, I touch my face when I do it and it's immediately like wet. <gasps> so like like my face is 
wet. Like no. it's like like and then and then I like sort of like I kind of pull back and I'm like running my hand over my forehead and this and that and it's literally like I can pull I can see it. It's no, that wet. I'm nervous. And I look at him and I just I didn't even say anything. Just with without words, I kind of like gave him like a quizzical like inquisitive glance. Like what the what the fuck is this? And he says nothing in return. And what he does is he looks down at his crotch. We are clothed. He looks down at his crotch and then looks up at me to indicate while we've been making out, he is pulling pre-cum out of his pants and rubbing it into my face like moisturizer. I wish I could describe for you listeners the face that JJ is currently making. I mean, the jaw is literally on the floor. He, I... He is, it's, it's, you know, the, the, the meme of the dog and then it's the calculations <laughs> or it's a girl. I'm confusing too. There's the doge and then there's the girl with calculations. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's happening over here. Well, yes, because I am trying my best to figure out where this person's coming from with that behavior. Is it, is it, I wonder if it's like a, a sexual impulse that has no rationale in his head. Like he hasn't unpacked he has it at all. Yeah, but I wonder, I wonder if he observes the fact that it's not normal. I don't know. Like, yeah, you have to like a that's not in porn. That's not on no. in, in romantic movies. That's not in. No one's absorbed the information that, oh, this is like a normal thing to do or whatever. So why what inspired this person to kind of behave on their own accord in a very unique and bizarre kind of, you know, crossing a line way. And while making out. Yeah. Like, like, like there is a time during a hookup scenario in which pre-cum if available presents itself totally and then gets places and that's fine Mm -hmm. had it had it gotten on my face because he had been you know slapping his dick on it and (laughs) and rubbing it around like that's great because i know i mean it's like it's like when you see the signs um on the door of some like um sports complex or something or some like or pool and it's like by entering this premises you understand that these are the risks and yada yada. Yeah. By by pulling down the pants and letting you hit me in the face with your dick, I understand I might get in I'm in the splash zone. Like I may <laughs> get drenched in pre cum. Yeah. By making out, I don't think I have consented to that act. Yeah, you're not trying to be in the pre cum splash zone. Mm, pre cum splash zone is the even next to I figured. Um we gotta we gotta retire that. <laughs> That's becoming like a Katya uh, uh, contact reference. Um all right. Yeah. Oh, best, 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 best. Or best. because I mean, I have a lot of good sex. So right. Let's go with most recent, like best in the most recent memory, the best you've had in the most recent. That's period. appropriate because one's already in mind and I'm ready to go. Let's do it. I, for the first time, had a hookup where it was semi spontaneous. We sort we met at a bar, and um, not like agreed to meet at a bar. Like we we were all mutual friends were there, and then I didn't know this person that well, and we kind of had it chemistry. Never happens to me. Well, we, anyway, we had chemistry and ended up we're like, hey, do you want to ditch the bar? Do you want to like leave and go home together? And um, because it was kind of spontaneous and we both wanted to have sex, but neither of us had, you know, particular, like prepared for it really, I was totally down to not, um, to not fuck. And then it very organically came up in conversation. I was like, oh, you know, and also I, sh- I showered this morning, but I've been running around. Do you want to rinse off together? And so we did that. And then it was like, hey, by the way, um, I would love to fuck, but because I'm, I'm not sure it's uh, the right time, I don't know, maybe we'll, we'll put a pin in it. And then he's like, well, 
Sure. Um, I mean, I, I forget exactly even how it went down, but I offered up like, and also, I mean, it, it would only take me like 15 minutes or so, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe longer, but I, you know, unless you want to wait and watch like a show or something. And literally we like opened Netflix and he, he picked a show to watch. And then I went prepared while he was there and it was totally spontaneous, but that it felt intimate in a way. It's still like, I don't know, like the cat's out of the bag. There's no, like, there's no veil of, um, I don't know. Right. We just completely admitted that there's like some obstacles to sex sometimes and just confronted them in a very like comfortable, welcoming way. And the sex was great afterwards too. But I, that was like, that meant that was really cool. I was like, yeah, I, you know, invited someone over and then got ready while they were here. It's so fun. And like, I don't know. I, I, I loved it. It's recalling something that I really enjoyed about my sex life with my ex is he would, he would say, and he had a, a British accent, which always helps. And I'm not going to do it on the podcast. But he would be like, like, we'd be doing something. And he would just go, hey, go clean your butt. I'm going to put stuff in it. Yeah. Like, yes, sir. There you go. <laughs> like, <laughs> off to the bathroom. Yes. <laughs> like, making it normalized and not making it a big, scary monster to be afraid of or whatever. I think that is so sexy. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly how it felt. It just felt like we're, I don't know. It, it was supportive and sexy. So I have been having a lot. Of really, really great sex lately. I had great sex in Provincetown. I had great sex last night. I've had great. I, I've been. I've been very fortunate. I'm counting my lucky stars. So of course, of course, I've already talked about how I have an STI check on Monday. So the only thing that could happen is something has happened. Of course, because I'm having such great sex, this is naturally going to happen to me. Mm. And I'm gonna have to text all these people and be like, oh, uh oh. Um, it's part of the game. It's part of the game. It's part of the game. Part of the game. And it got, if you get mad at somebody for messaging you and telling you, you're an asshole. Right. Um, get mad at the people who don't tell you. Yeah. Um, so, I'm going to go with, see, I've thought about, I've, I was going to say most recent, but I've thought about a really, really good one for my past. I'll put, I'll save that for later. <laughs> but most recent, I'm going to say last night, I met this guy that day on. Grinder, and Grinder is usually not a good place for me. I usually don't hook up. Like I usually, there's usually no connection there. If anything, it's scruff. Met him on Grinder. He was very, he's like cool and and, and he, uh, tattoos, muscly, handsome, nice exchange pictures, nice dick, uh, a little bit older than me, uh, bald head. I love a bald head. Mm-hmm. Um, and just seemed really like, and he had some harness pictures and stuff. So, oh, he's he's down to clown. He's down to have like a fun time. <laughs> and so we were talking about like what we wanted to do. Like, oh, let, let's meet up tonight. I'm like, oh, sure, tonight already. Sure, let's do it. And he goes, um, well, we we it comes to like, well, well, you know, do we want to do something special? And I was like, well, what are you into? What are you into? And so we're talking about like what we're into. Oh, do you want to do something special? Is a very sexy question in that context. I don't know if anyone said that. Oh, well, I just, like yeah, it. But I'm yeah, keeping no. it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, um, but we we determined we would like to do a bit of Dom Sub. Cool. With a little bit of leather. Oh. A little bit of 420. <laughs> and a nice lead up throughout the day. Oh. So we had like talked to maybe like noon. Throughout the day, he asked me. To do and send things. Ooh. To prove that I was going to be obedient that evening. Mm. And uh, I would earn his address. Oh, my God. 
JJ, I was so horny all day. Yeah. Did everything he asked. Oh, my and God. came over, and we had sex for two and a half hours. Oh, shit. Wait, can I ask? Uninterrupted. Can I ask anything about the list? You may ask everything. What did he make you do? See, now I'm... Because here's the thing. You tell, say this, as much as you want. Don't say it. It's any, fine. I mean, it's just, I, you know how open I am. I don't really care. But sure. it's almost like if I ever want to, if anything ever becomes public, then oh. I don't want to become public. And, and, and I'm like, that's not me. And they're like, <laughs> mm, mm, <laughs> the receipts. We're going to cite episode 17 of this podcast. That definitely is 100% putting our receipts out there. He just wanted to see what, um, what was available to him and how hungry it might be Ooh, um uh, okay, so cool, cool. I like yeah that. lots of stuff and i went over opened the door and it was one of those it was one of those dom sub situations that i really enjoy where it's kind mm-hmm. it wasn't mean it no. wasn't suck this dick faggot i don't like that shit don't call me faggot don't call me pussy yeah. other people like that and enjoy it i don't sure uh i don't want to be insulted uh, you can lord over me how much I'm enjoying myself. Yeah. That's a fun, like, taunting that I enjoy, but that's about it. I don't want to be insulted. Yeah, yeah I think I and agree. And he, he was very kind and super sensual, and he, he kept making these, like, faces and these noises of just, like, he was surprised how good things were. Not like he was expecting it to be bad, but it was these noises of, like, oh, yeah. Wow. Like, it was all these, like... Oh shit! Like kind of like like like, which made which just souped me up even more. Being like, I'm rocking this fucking guy's world, and he's rocking. It was just this like we were constantly like impressing each other. Oh my god! And it was, and he took his time. I don't like smoke in my lungs, so I usually do an edible. But he had pot, so he just shotgunned me the whole time, Ooh. which is a little. So it's a little less. Yeah, it's so it's it was softer. like you know you need more. Open your mouth. Like and it was like because he was controlling everything. I. I was putty. Nice. I was just like, do whatever you want to me. And he did. And we had a fuck. And then it, what's great is when you have a good time like that, when you play a good game and you have fun, is right after you've both orgasmed and the game has ended, you like look each other in the eyes and we laughed so oh hard. Because it was just like, what the fuck was that? That's that was so amazing. fun. And we're just laughing. And then we like did some aftercare and like held each other and like talked and uh, like, got to know each other a little bit and this and that. Uh, like, we, got, we got to do this again. I was like, we absolutely have to do this again. This is so much fun. Like, I love that. It was great. And um, I don't know. I may have had to uh, send a picture during this podcast <gasps> recording, which I might have done. Um, uh, the news to me, everyone. It's great. That's wonderful. I'm so happy for you. It was so fun. <laughs> That's this great. This guy is fun. So... Yeah, I don't know, but I used to have a lot of shame about because I've always felt this way. I've always been into that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I used to have a lot of shame about it. it. Used to be just like that's 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 bad, Jack. It's and like, oh yeah, you, you know, and, and it's off color. So imbr- like yeah, I love this shit. And I don't right. fucking care. It's great. I'm doing it with other people who like it. It makes me feel good. I'm doing it in a way that it fits with my safety you mm-hmm. know boundaries. It's fucking great. Exactly. And, and, Anyone were to ever um, with the with sort of sort of terms of evidence, if anyone ever to leak that shit, you're the asshole, and um, um, I look great, so fuck you. Exactly, exactly. I agree. Live your life, live your truth. These are all those like cliches that people say about it, but I agree in this term of like, you know, uh, uh, if you're not hurting anyone no. and it's a positive thing for you, fucking go for it. Uh. All right. Well, now I'm horny. Um, so <laughs> we're we're gonna go take a break, and uh, I, 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 I'm gonna send you know more pictures to people apparently, and. <laughs> 
beautiful. <laughs> and uh, we'll be right back with our special guest. So I told you that Satisfyer sent me a whole bunch of new goodies. Uh, one of them is the uh, aptly titled Plugalicious. It is a plug vibrator, and uh, I have used it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, what can I say about it? Uh, let's see. Plugalicious. The vibes are vicious. It went up in my hole. <laughs> and was granting all my wishes. It didn't blow kisses. Um, but made me want some cock cock. <laughs> now, I endorse it on the pod with an oh yes god, Plugalicious. <laughs> my talents are wasted in corporate law. So, um, if you enjoyed that little... Um, I'm losing my mind. Uh, you can enjoy... See? Well, that's what it did to me. The vibes have just... It, they're so good that they've, like, mushed my brain. And now I am doing Fergie parodies. So you can get yourself a Plugalicious at Satisfyer.com. www.satisfyer.com. And if you use discount code DAT30, standing for Dying Alone Together, 30, at checkout, you'll get 30% off. And that's a great deal. So... Go grab a Plugalicious and send me your uh, your own parodies of dated songs that remind everyone how old I am. Our next guest is an entertainment journalist who serves as the celebrity interviewer for Colorado's Outfront magazine, the senior lifestyle writer for South Florida's OutClick magazine, and a contributing writer for Instinct magazine. You can follow him on Instagram at at DennyP777. It's Denny Patterson. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. So uh, we were just talking in the pre-roll about how um, you have interviewed both of us separately, and now it's it's our turn to our turn to get into you. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, this is exciting. So you interviewed JJ for Snowflake. Yes, it's for Snowflake. Snowflake. Yeah. So we, I interviewed him last last year, right before the election. Yeah, Ugh. that's right. Because one of the questions was like, you know, it was about. If people could watch this, what do you want their takeaway to be? And it was a very like pre-election kind of um, thought, really. Yeah. And if you if you don't, for those of you who only know this podcast, uh, Snowflake was the movie that that uh, I wrote and directed, and and JJ was the star of. Um, yeah, uh, and then thriller. you and I have talked to at least once, if not twice. I did we talk? We talked about it's music. I think uh, the first interview I did with you was about history. Your history. Series. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So that was back in 2019. Yeah, first time nice. I met you was 2019, and then I interviewed you earlier this year for one of your uh, new music videos. So yes. the one with Sherry Vine as like the weather person. Love you. Oh, I love Sherry Vine. She was our first guest on this podcast. She's one of my favorites. And I got to interview her. Um, was it either in May or June? Because she was part of the uh, Digital Pride Fest for yes. BG. So yeah, I finally got to connect with her, and that was very exciting. So how did you get into interviewing gay celebrities? So uh, I, my major was in journalism, and I knew I wanted to write. I thought I was going to go into the news aspect, but I've always enjoyed entertainment news a little bit better. So um, my first internship was with St. Louis's LGBTQ publication, Vital Voice magazine. And um, unfortunately, uh, they are no longer around. 
but mm-hmm. I gained a lot of experience from that publication. And I was like, ooh, I want to do more with this. So after I left Vital Voice in 2016, I was just expanding my resume or expanding my platform and sending out resumes to publications around the country because I don't need to be in a certain city to write. I could be anywhere in the world. So I was like, hey, if you need any freelancers, I'm available. Um, If you want to hook me up, let's see what we could do. So Colorado was uh, one of them. And uh, one of my best friends from college, college, she moved out to uh, Denver for grad school. So I would visit her and I really just love the area. So I was like, hmm, maybe I could get some kind of job um, based in Denver. Um, even though I live in the St. Louis area, I could still be involved with the Denver community in some way. So out front, um, I was um, assigned a couple of stories, um, kind of went to some more local entertainment. And I was like, you know, I want to push this, push this more. So mm-hmm. I got I got an IMDb account. I did everything myself. Um, I was reaching out to numerous publicists, be like, "Hey, I'm interested in your client. We are an LGBTQ publication. Maybe we could connect, interview your client for whatever projects they have." And more and more of that was happening. I was talking with more and more people, and they and I was interviewing more and more um, LGBTQ celebrities and really building up Outfront's um, entertainment platform. And that is kind of how I then became the celebrity interviewer. And then now publicists, agents, and managers are coming to me asking, mm-hmm. asking me, hey, I have this client. Do you want to connect with them? So it's all full full circle. It makes sense because uh, Denny's interview, it's not just like, what's the craziest thing that happened on set or whatever? They're actually like poignant questions that's like, you've obviously, you'll do research on people before you do them. And that comes across in your questions because they're not boring questions at all. That, that's the one thing I want to do. I, I I take a look at other interviews and I see, I try to see which questions have been asked the most and I try to stay away from them. Nice. And I always appreciate, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I do not want to ask the same repetitive questions. I want to get a little bit deeper and know, I want to know not just them as an entertain entertainer and their projects, but I want to know who they are as a person. What are they doing to contribute to our community, you know? And and I always find being interviewed, uh, certainly not by you, and this is what I'm setting up, is that you are a great exception to this. Is It's a lot of... Um, who was the hottest person on set? Who kissed? Did you kiss behind the scenes? And what, what what was your workout like? It's all very like body and sex focused. Anything I do, even I mean the sexy music video, sure, but like anything, like people would ask that about like Snowflake, which literally has no sex in it whatsoever. And it's just it's so many of these gay magazines, and and I I am a sex positive person. Listen to this podcast, um, but it's just like it's all we can fucking think about. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I want to tell a story. I want to tell their stories. I don't just want to, yeah, I'll throw in a question, maybe a sex question here, here or there, but it's not going to be the, the entire focus of my interview. Right. Because sex is part of the story sometimes, but you know, there's, I, I think you do, uh, it's like an obvious thing that comes across in interviews that you are, are looking at who they are. Because you asked me about like my upbringing and stuff, which mm-hmm. isn't in the movie, but it was, it, it informed what I did in the movie for sure. Well, the story we're going to tell today is one of self-cancellation. Oh, yeah. So it's time to move to our game, Self-Cancel. So we've played this a couple times before, and, and basically the theory is that we have all done something, said something, believed something in our past that probably get us canceled today. Um, 
And we want to promote the the fact that, you know, we're all works in progress. We're all growing. We're all learning with new information. It is safe to change our ideas, to look back at things and say, you know what? I don't believe that anymore. I don't do that anymore. And we want to we want to embrace growth and applaud it. So uh, we're going to fully offer ourselves up for cancellation. So, Denny, how how are we going to cancel you today? Okay, so I actually have two stories here. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the first one I want to talk about is cultural appropriation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So my husband, he is Guatemalan. And until I got with him, I did not take cultural appropriation very seriously. I've looked back at pictures of myself, like wearing like Japanese traditional kimonos, wearing like sombreros, Mexican culture pieces. Um, And now kind of the way we are going uh, just culturally and politically, I understand a little bit more like, oh, hey, this is not okay. There's significance behind these pieces that certain cultures wear. So he has really educated me on why this is not okay. And there have been some instances I'm like, well, what if it's like we're just trying to like acknowledge that culture or we are just trying to give us some praise? But he's like, no, you really listen to what I'm saying and why this is bad. So I am very grateful that he has educated me on this topic a little bit more. And it was just the other day I was looking through some of my old Facebook photos and there is a photo of me wearing a Japanese kimono with my hands in the Japanese geisha way. And I'm like, oh, my God, I need to take this down immediately. (laughs) Like, this (laughs) is not okay these days. Um, And I would I even same with like Native American um, culture. Um, I thought, why is this such a big deal? I mean, yeah, I would wear like the whole, even using the word, um, can I say the word Indian? We know what you're Yeah, yeah. Mean. Like, like the, that was said for a very long right, time. Right, you're Native American, out. but yeah, 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 like we we know why you say it. It, it was a thing for a long time. There was a collective cultural ignorance for a long time. And yes. That's, that's what yeah. it was. Yes, there was. And he has told me why it is not okay to say Indian, why you need to say Native Native American, why it is not okay for children to play cowboys and Indians anymore, which is a game I played when I was a kid. I mean, I was a child of the 90s. That was a very common thing. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm wondering if obviously very different because it's not based on cultures, but like, quite frankly, I'd like to see Civil War reenactments go away. Why are we reenacting? Why are we playing? Um, oh, th- now, now the, the the South won, and slavery's still here. Now I won. Oh like, uh, no, maybe we shouldn't do that anymore either. Yeah, I totally get it. Yeah, so it's just these. I'm just more aware of the significance of certain cultures, and I am very thankful for my husband educating me on that. So I would never like take photos in that manner ever again, especially put them on social media these days, because I will be canceled in a second if anyone sees us. Yeah. It, do you guys think that the topic of a cult, of cultural appropriation being like a mainstream conversation, that's so whenever I think about like progress made in society where we're being, being more inclusive, it's gradual every generation has like kind of a like a milestone maybe or like something that's changed this is this is kind of notable for this time right like the conversation being mainstream is pretty new right? yes and i i think i think that that where we get okay let me i'm no expert on this so let me just backtrack that up and i am a white person talking about this so let me just state those two things first 
I think where we get into trouble with it, why it's not just an obvious, why it's a, why it is a matter of contention for people at times, and there are people on very strongly on both sides of of these kind of arguments, is people can't separate their intent from societal impact and and um and and how things are perceived and how things um forward a continuing perception for instance like i am sure denny in no way when you were dressed as a geisha or when you were dressed in native american were you like making fun of or or ridiculing or of course not your intent was this is this is cute this is cool this is interesting this is fun celebratory or or it's a you know you just didn't it's a costume these are costumes people wear costumes your intent wasn't bad no, the intent was never bad, and I never had any intent to be insulting in any way. No, I just thought, oh, this is cool. This is fun. It's, right. it's, a, it's a flowy gown, so yeah, right. let me let me just put it on and take a photo. No, and, there was never any intent, and I'm I'm not that kind of person. I never intended yeah. to purposefully like insult anyone's culture. But now it's like the we are just more educated on why right. it's not okay. Exactly. Because regardless of intention, there are consequences, even if the intent's okay, which is why, right. you know, it's it's worth conver- conversing about. As a white person, you have to be conscious of the fact that um, when you use things from other cult, when you appropriate things from other cultures, you're basically showing, you're basically showcasing that white supremacy, that yeah. I, I, I'm in a position where I can take that and I can take that and I can take that and I can do that and I can do whatever I want and I can treat these people in these cultures however I fucking want because I'm a white person and I, that's that's the right. problem. And, and I'm never earnestly going to be looked at as an other like right. people of, uh, marginalized people and people that aren't white, non-white people will have to live with right. every day. Yeah, exactly. So that's a good one. I, I mean, I, I was also I had a Native American Halloween costume once. And here's a really bad one. So my brother was born in Hawaii and I was born in Japan. And when we were children, we found out about Pearl Harbor as like an education thing as small kids. And our version of like Cowboys and Indians was Pearl Harbor, which is really shitty. And I know that and I'm saying it, but it was like. But under the age of 12 is whenever we would like... You were a child. Of course, but oh my gosh, how embarrassing to think about. So my self-cancellation this week, and I'm realizing that as we play this game with more and more people, like we're just mounting a huge case for the two. These people come in and do one. We are going to have like lists of like 20. By the time we're done with this, we're going to have to change the games. So mine this week is on an app, and this has come up in the podcast before. On, an, on a hookup app and, and getting ready to hook up and, and exchanging details about yourself, asking if the other person was or saying that I was clean. Oh, yeah. I, you know, again, it comes down to intent. The intent was never to to imply the inverse of someone who was uh, de- uh, dealing with a sexually transmitted infection as being dirty it was never you know the intent was always um from my perspective just this is just a word people use to describe you know are you are you have you been tested recently and is everything negative like people just shorthanded that into the word clean and i never really put much thought into what that was actually implying about the inverse and it was only I think we all sort of had a, I don't think that, I don't think anybody says that anymore. And someone really did, in the transitionary period, someone really came at me when I asked that on Scruff once. And I was like, oh. And then he explained why it was so offensive. And I was like, oh, I never even thought of it like that. You are absolutely right. You know, I will 
I don't think people do that. No, they know better in New York City, but I recently did a road trip and I got on the apps during the road trip and it's different place to place for sure. People are at different places in their education and um, I don't know, it was very evident when I was on the road. We've talked about the stigma on this podcast a lot, stigmatization of of STIs a lot. And that's just, that's just another piece of that, of, of ooh, he's... And, and, and we even use the word dirty to describe... Um, I'm just thinking of this right now in the moment. We use the word dirty, as popularized by Christina Aguilarity, Aguilera, as sexual. Yeah. To be, to be sexual is to be dirty. Right. And we've kind of flipped the script and embraced it a lot, like like Christina right. Aguilera does. Like you, we make yeah. it our power, I guess. But yeah, we still use that word. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Do we have time for my get a story I want to mention? Oh, do oh yeah yeah if you're the guest, go for it. it. So I'm glad you mentioned World War II, Holocaust, Pearl Harbor, because mine is related to this as well. Oh, oh God, yeah. where are we going? <laughs> so I did not do this, thank God. But if I did, I could just imagine the outcome that would have happened. I almost dressed as Adolf Hitler for Halloween one year. Oh, my God. I was adamant on being hitler for halloween and i wanted the full costume mustache i want to put a fucking swastika on my arm and be hitler for halloween and i went to a catholic school yeah it, yeah because this was during seventh grade i was very i have always been into history so that was right. a period of time in my life i was very focused on world war ii nazi germany and learning about the holocaust and uh Hitler's rise to power. At that time, I did not see Hitler as a mass murderer who killed six million Jews. I saw him as a powerful political leader who who was getting things done. In my seventh grade mind, that was it was not connecting. Oh, this is one of the most evil people to ever exist. Right. So. And I wanted to be Hitler for Halloween that year. And my mom and I, I remember we got into a really big argument and she's like, no, I don't think that's a very good idea. You should, I, I, I think you will get in trouble. And I was so pissed off at her because she wouldn't let me do this. So I ended up being George W. Bush that year for Halloween <laughs> instead. Wow. Which okay, yeah. might, might also get you in trouble. I know, <laughs> <laughs> but he was, he was the president at, t- at the time. So it was, yeah. it was more right. okay. But wow. I look I look back at that now. I'm like, holy shit. What the fuck were you thinking? You dodged a bullet and you thank your mother every day that I she know. convinced you not to do that. How long did you how long did it take for you to have that 180 on on your your perspective of and, and clear? He said he was in seventh. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like I can imagine yeah. being a child and like if your limited education on someone is um, I don't know if, if for whatever reason the, the information was delivered to you in, in kind of a heroic way and for whatever reason or whatever, yeah, that's what a, a person who's just exposed to a subject that much will think. But uh, yeah, how long did, what was the experience of like coming out of that thought process? It was maybe just a, later in, in the school year. I was like, oh. oh, this, yeah, this probably was not a, a good idea. You were just missing some information. Oh shit, we didn't get to chapter six yet. Oh God. Yeah, <laughs> fuck, we weren't at the end of the book. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I was just very interested. I, I just I was just so focused. Yeah, you just knew that he was you knew that he was a painter that learned how to give speeches. 
Yeah, yeah. And at that time, this was um, at that time, that was when I actually thought about going into a career in politics. I, journalism wasn't even a thought for me at that point. I, um, when I was younger, I had full intent of going into a career in politics. So that was another reason I, I saw Hitler as a very powerful political leader. And I just like, oh, my God, I want to be like him. I want to have the support of so many people now, but they were just the complete opposite of what we want. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it it wasn't long before I realized, oh, oh, my God, this was a very bad idea. And I'm very grateful that my mom would not let me dress up as her yeah. that year, because I could just only imagine walking into a Catholic school wearing a, a fucking swastika on my arm, how much mm. trouble I could have gotten. Absolutely. All right, JJ, how many Nazi uniforms have you worn? <laughs> Zero, thank goodness. Um, but for my uh, self-cancellation, this happened again. I went in the route of like something kind of cutesy, I guess, but I think that's okay. <laughs> I think it's relevant talking to Denny, actually, though. I um, used to be a hardcore hipster, and I used to think that listening to, to pop music used to be. <laughs> that uh, that pop music was simple, and so people that listened to it were below this category where I was into cool, exclusive music, but people that listened to pop are simple. That was an idea that I had for a long time before I realized why pop music is interesting and amazing. <laughs> I thought I was like a too cool for school. It also goes into my my like internal homophobia as like a new gay in the South trying not to be like the other gays. Um, I'm not a Britney gay. No, 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 exactly. I was a teenager who was not a Britney gay, even though I would like closetly listen to it and turn the volume down or something. But I I was snobby about my taste in music and I I thought pop music was formulaic and simple, which of course to a degree that's part of it. That's why the Zeitgeist has an attraction to it. But um I have an appreciation for pop music in like a 180. I'm 100% like down for it now. So let me just let me just wrap up our little segment here just to just to understand what has just happened Uh over these last 20 minutes. So Denny has volunteered that he nearly dressed as Adolf Hitler. I have volunteered that I sex shamed people with STIs and, and JJ doesn't like pop music. Okay. If anything, that's proof that we don't talk about this before we get on mic. (laughs) (laughs) We plan nothing. (laughs) This is live and organic. You're welcome. Denny, tell the people where they can find you. You can find me on Instagram at DennyP777. I post uh, the majority of my interviews up there. Um, Sometimes I do some screenshots. I've been doing my interviews on Zoom nowadays. Now that Zoom has been invented, thank God. That's like the only great thing that came out of this pandemic. Mm. So... I'm I'm gonna I'm going to possibly start recording my interviews. So I might start building a platform with that. So, but yeah, just follow me on Instagram at DennyP777. Find all my work at outfrontmagazine.com. I'm on Instinct, Outclick Magazine. You will see me all over the place. There yes, we go. you will. And thank you so much for joining us, Danny. We will be back after this break to either leave you with some love and light or pick a fight. <laughs> thank you. Alrighty, JJ, are you leaving with love and light or picking a fight? I'm going to love and light today. Okay. So today, I uh, to give backstory, I guess, I went on a road trip recently. Uh, after my parents got vaccinated, I went home and visited them in Georgia. And my older brother lives in Kansas, so I took my dad's car and decided to drive and stop in cities that I'd never been in. So I'd never been to Nashville, and I'd never been to St. Louis, and I stopped on those. I'm going to love and light the French fries at Canvas Bar in Nashville, Tennessee. Now, I love a French fry. I so. do, too. It So, no, I like I didn't go there with the prospects of having one of my top three French fries of my life at a gay bar. 
I went there because I was on a solo road trip and I thought it'd be cute to see what the gay scene looked like in Nashville. Mm -hmm. And I went to this gay bar called Canvas on Church Street. Super cute. Great bartenders. Everyone was lovely. Someone ordered fries and said, please take one. When I tell you it was a perfect French fry, crispy on the outside, fluffy on the inside, flavor of rosemary, truffle oil, and Parmesan at a gay bar. I was I. If, if I'm going to a gay bar and getting uh, a rosemary, parmesan, and, and truffle, I assume that's a drag queen duo that's about to, a trio that's about to sing a number. You know, if I was from Nashville, I would try to scoop that name for sure. Mm. I rosemary, parmesan, truffle. Yes, yeah, <laughs> actually, <laughs> actually. And um, anyway, I kept telling everyone like, no one prepared me for this. No one told me I was having one of my top three um, fr- uh, French fries. And I, I even met the chef. He like went out for like a cigarette, and I talked to him, and he was lovely. And I don't know, just also love and light to camp. Canvas Bar in Nashville, Tennessee. You guys rock. I do love a French fry. So I, if I'm ever in, one day hopefully, someone will pay me to come to their town and one of those people will be Nashville and yes. we'll have that fry. Immediately. So I'm going to pick a fight and I'm afraid to pick this fight because I feel like this could cause uh, an issue in our, our friendship, JJ, that might have to spill over to talk about in, an, in another episode. Oh, no. I need to pick a fight with your tattoo artist, Chris <gasps> oh, Ward, who oh, you have oh given God. love and light to on a previous episode, I have. which inspired me to reach out for my own tattoo journey. Hard edit! <laughs> so you may notice uh, that the sound quality has changed because uh, the pick a fight that I chose for this episode when we recorded it originally ended up getting a little heated. Uh, not between the two of us. No. <laughs> Though I did warn you at the start of it, I believe I said, I believe this uh, pick a fight might alien might be the thing that alienates our friendship. And maybe it could have if I continued to leave it in as it was originally recorded. So I'm re-recording my pick a fight, but I'm not doing it stealthily. I'm letting you know that the original is gone because I think there is a valuable lesson in explaining the process with which I decided, you know, internally to change the 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 pick a fight so the pick a fight was actually with someone that jj um uh gave love and light to at a previous episode (laughs) (laughs) it was someone who gave him his tattoo and Mm -hmm. i really enjoyed the tattoo and so then i reached out because i've always i've been ready to like begin my tattoo journey and really the you know i still want to pick a fight with this person and i stand by that piece of it because they were very rude to me on the phone and dismissive and ended up ignoring me and blowing me off so very talented, but maybe you should treat people better. Um, anyway, but that's that's why I went further into it, and I did a proper pick a fight the last time. And as it was going on, and as I was like talking about the circumstance and why it had upset me and why I was deciding to pick a fight, I just felt myself getting hotter and hotter. And it really ended uh, in a very um, just sort of vicious tirade of like a, you know a, a more colorful form of go fuck yourself and. <laughs> I felt hot, like I felt this like white hot rage. And I looked over at JJ when I was done with it, and I sort of saw the look on his face of like a look I have seen many times before from people in my life, which is like a mixture of fear and disappointment. And that stuck with me, and I I sort of thought, "Mm, maybe we made a mistake. My usual reaction in times like that uh, in previous lives has been to be like, nah, that's just me being 100. That's just me keeping it 100, folks. That's pure Jack Tracy. And you know what? Maybe I did use a sledgehammer to get that fly, but maybe flies need to be more scared of sledgehammers so they fly straight, you know? Like, that would have been my normal attitude. 
It was also the end of the day. We'd been recording for a bit. I don't know. You are always (laughs) kind to me, and I appreciate that. So we talked about like, hmm, that's a little strong. I'm still kind of connected with this person. It'll cause problems for me. And that, it could cause problems for me. And I immediately was like, well, of course, my, and I should say this, you know, my pick of fights, my love and lights, and JJ's, they are exclusively our own. We do not co-sign each other's. This is just our little soapbox moment. So by no means did I want anything that I said to sort of like make things uncomfortable for him and his social circle. So I thought about that. I was like, okay, oh shit. You know, now this has collateral damage. This isn't just, if it's just me, like you you should all know me by now. I don't care. But yeah, I don't want to in, uh, impact other people, especially people I care about. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So let's think about this. You know, and I, I started to to do something that I've really been doing a lot recently, which is just unpacking when I react, being mindful. And when I react to something instinctively and it's um, um, heated or just it's emotional, it's about just getting down to the core of, why? Like, why did this happen? Like, it just happened. It wasn't an intentional choice. It just, like, got there. So I started thinking, and I was like, okay, did this person deserve the full amount of fury that ended up coming through this uh, pick-a-fight for his perceived offense? No. It was it was more than he... He deserved it most like an eye roll and a, and a walk away. Like, that was about it. Um, but it, it got really heated. So I was like, okay. So it was not... I was obviously the, the the anger and the 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 vitriol was not from him. It was from something that this situation particularly touched upon. It was coming from somewhere else. So where is it coming from? So you then go through the mindfulness steps of sort of like thinking about like, okay, we'll put a name. You know, the he didn't say anything. It was more inaction. It was like being ignored. It was being sort of dismissed. It was sort of feeling like you were being belittled because they kept, you know, interrupting you while you were talking and telling you what you thought was wrong and sort of mansplaining. And so it was like, okay, put names on these things. I felt belittled. I felt made to feel weird and strange for the things that I wanted and the things that Mm. I liked. Um, This sort of snooty, like, you know, I'm above you, you're beneath me kind of like vibe that I was getting. Nothing he said, but a, a tone and a vibe that hit something. And then the final thing, of course, of being you know, dismissed and ignored by having like my future emails just not returned. So once I really like packaged all of that, it became very clear where all this is coming from. And none of this is an excuse. It's just trying to understand how the brain works. And I was like, oh, I look back in my life and this has happened multiple times. And I've been through this multiple times. Every time I feel um, dismissed, belittled or ignored it taps this button of white-hot rage that sits within me that just flies out. And the reason is, of course, because of childhood things, of uh, living with a father whom we were roommates and he never really had any interest in me. And so I think that's probably the core of why being ignored is such like a deep-seated like pain point for me. I, I will not be ignored. Mm. Um, uh, when I came out to my mom and she ignored me for six months because uh, she, because I didn't tell her when I immediately knew I was gay, I was a liar and she doesn't talk to liars. And you know, teachers or promotions that we had to keep secret because it made people feel bad that I was succeeding, you know, and, and just all of this like stuff that's come up through my life where it's like, oh, this feeling of being dismissed, belittled, ignored. So anytime anyone touches that in any amount of way, it tap it it taps this inner rage that's been building uh, through all of these things that are you know seated in childhood and have just like thematically 
come up throughout my life and just added stuff. So that was the reason why I ultimately decided to re-record the rant. I gave you a little bit of why I'm picking the fight. That's all you need. Uh, still picking a fight with this person. I will not be patronizing this person. Um, he has no interest in having me as a customer, so it's fine. It's mutual. But uh, uh, I took. I decided to instead of leaving in the uh, uh, def- the reaction of the defense mechanism that has been built over thirty eight years to protect a vulnerable gay child. Instead of leaving that in, to leave you with my sort of process of mindfulness that I have been trying to develop for myself over the last few years in hopes that maybe that is useful or helpful to you. There we go. All right. That's amazing. I, this, what I just, if I can contribute anything, please do. It feels self-congratulatory to kind of say this part, but because, you know, the format of our show is to, uh, talk live and in person without kind of rehearsing any conversations too Mm. much or going over besides hitting like what the topics will be. Right. Um, Keep it loose. Keep it loose. Keeping it loose also just keeps it super duper real. Like there's, it's, it's, uh, it's very just that it's, it's real and it's imperfect and it's kind of fun to even go back and listen. And like now more episodes are out and I've been hearing things that I say and everyone's self-critical or whatever. Mm. And, And moments like this, the fact that they're happening, I, I kind of only find interest in kind of a gratitude for, for, I don't know, the fact that stuff like this could happen, I guess, like interesting, actual human moments. Yes. I always feel very, I always feel like our episodes, for us at least, I don't know how you guys are perceiving them. Oh, right. This is just for me. Of like catharsis. Oh, my I gosh. Feel, I always walk away from it feeling like I've learned something. I think about something maybe a little differently. I see a different perspective. And yeah. like, it feels just like good to get certain things like out in the open. Yeah. Like I love the idea that, or it, truth, I guess my friends are listening at least, <laughs> but it's, this I is, see the numbers. Yeah. Some of you are telling him that you listen. <gasps> okay. Mm-hmm. Now my feelings are hurt again, but <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter because what I was going to say is that it doesn't matter if people listen whenever I get something out of, <laughs> out of the whole experience. And right. yeah, this is just fun. Right. Uh, so Fun and educational. This, is, this has already gone way too long. It has. And I think it's on top of an already long interview and Oops. long episode. Oops. So let's just wrap it up. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Dying Alone Together. Um, you can support us by making sure you subscribe wherever you're listening to this. You can please, please take the moment, just click that five star to give us a five star rating. It helps us get in front of new viewers. It helps us be suggested to people uh, that aren't just in our friend circles. Uh, Drop a comment. That helps too. Gets us in the algorithm. If you'd like to contribute a story, if you'd like to give feedback, if you would like to in any way interact with us, you can find us on Instagram at at Podcast. DM us your stories, DM us your suggestions, uh, anything you want to talk about. We'd love to have you on. We'd also love to, I mean, we'd love to have you on uh, as, a, as a guest. Uh, you can also follow me at at Jack Tracy Official. And me at JJ Bozeman. Dying Alone Together is a production of Necessary Outlet. You can find more from Necessary Outlet at www.necessaryoutlet.com or on the YouTube page, Necessary Outlet. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Mwah!